God Paul Show for the week of October 21st, 2019. God. Oh, over there. Like this day. There. This day has been something else. And to top off all the bullshit in my personal life, Twitter publishes or links the Rolling Stone top 100 singers what the fuck Axel Rose at 64 64 Axel Rose according to Twitter not to Twitter but to Rolling Stone is the 64th best singer of all time they're just mad about getting the ring did they get called out playing that? No, they did not. That was Circus Magazine. Nick Walks. Bob Guccione Jr. spins pissed off because his dad is more pissed than him. Well, that's exactly what's wrong with this Rolling Stone guy, girl, whoever. Fucking idiot. Yes. Yeah, I usually don't. I usually don't use a whole lot of language on my Twitter. <laughs> but it was like rolling off my off my fingertips today. It's like whatever. Top. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Steve Perry, was he even listed? Mm, no. 74 or something, 79? Rob Halford I think he was. was not listed on there. There was Paul Stanley was not on there. No. Yeah, I'm just saying. There's uh there's some really good singers on the list, but if you can't put Axel up there in the top Ten. Yes. Top ten. Yeah. Uh, your your top ten to... was Aretha Franklin. Okay. Ray Charles. Uh, Elvis Presley. Okay. Yes. Sam Cooke. Mm. John Lennon. Really? No. Really? Top no, because he's 10. on the Beatles. Okay. Top. I'm ten. sorry. Guns N' Roses is a better okay. band than fuck Beatles. We're not talking about better bands. We're talking about better singers. That's the thing. <laughs> I, Stick I to know, the fucking subject. <laughs> my point. I'm better. To better. Make better songwriter. Writers. Okay, he might be. He's definitely one of the top ten. Better singers. No. Marvin Gaye. N- no. Bob Dylan. Hell no. Otis John Ray. Lennon's on there because of the association. That's what I'm getting yes. at. You got a bunch of fucking millennials writing this shit. Otis Redding. Yeah. Uh, no. Stevie Wonder? No. No. James Brown? Fuck no. Paul I mean, M- I like all those guys. Every one of them. And ladies. Yeah. Uh, but no. Let's keep going down the list. Robert Plant? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll put him in the top ten. But he's he's number fucking 15. Who else is that? Bob fucking Marley. Better singer than Axl right. Rose. Are you out of your fucking mind? It's because of the culture around Bob Marley. It has nothing to do with the actual quality of the music, or which I like Bob Marley. I'm not saying I don't. I'm just saying, just like John Lennon being up there, he's on the Beatles. It's hip to like the Beatles, whatever generation you are, which is cool and all. That's why he's up there. Hank you know, Williams. Same thing with Bob Marley. Hank Williams. Tear in my beer, Hank Williams. Yeah, great songwriter. Not the greatest singer. Howlin' Wolf. Who the fuck is Howlin' Wolf? 
I don't know who the fuck Alan Wolf is. I'm racking my brain here. You know who he's not? He's not better than Axel Rose. He's not better than Axel. Kurt Cobain? No. You millennial shitheads. I was alive during both Kurt and Axel. And no, he's not. He's not Freddie better. Mercury, number 18. Kurt, Kurt's not a better songwriter than Axel either. Johnny Cash. He don't have the. I mean, he's he's a good singer. He's not Axel. Buddy Holly, Ricky Healy. No, he's not. He's not better than Axel. Michael Jackson, Prince, yeah. Muddy Waters, Journey Mitchell, George Jones, Bjork, Bjork, fucking really, Bjork. Bjork's not even shouldn't even be on this list at all. This is ridiculous. Chuck Berry. Come on. Who the fuck is Wilson Pickett? Oh, fuck. I'm going to feel really stupid if he's attached to some good band. John Fogarty. Steve Winwood. Roll with it, baby. Come on. Steve Perry at 76 is ridiculous, too. I Steve Perry's going to be in replacement. Not being on this list is ridiculous. I love <laughs> the fact that Joe Cocker had his name censored. You can't put cock on here. Oh, no. I'm not going to get into <laughs> wise. Morrissey. Morrissey. I'm surprised they didn't put like Moby on. Moby, whatever the hell his name is. Moby, yeah. I like Morrissey, but what the fuck? So, this is... Wait a minute. Fuck this list. Fuck this list. This is ridiculous. Fuck Christina this Aguilera list. at 58? Are you fucking shitting me? I don't dislike Christina Aguilera. Sorry. You're not better than Axel. Well, at least it's not Britney Spears, I guess. <sighs> if, if Christina Aguilera can rate 58, then Britney Spears ought to be on the damn list. I'm just saying, uh, from their side of it. From their point of view, uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You know, where's um, <laughs> Katy Perry and... Um, What's the one that died of the drug overdose? Um, Winwood. Amy Winwood. <laughs> well, her name. That, that doesn't tear this list down at all. Um, no, the the, Wine, the yes, pop, that's, Amy Winehouse. Wine, Winehouse. Winwood. Whatever the fuck her name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can get some of them being on here, but Axel sixty four is a travesty. Steve Perry at seventy six. With per- parenthetical, that little Korean dude, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, should be also at 76. Yeah, because they sound the same. But both of them should be moved up in like top freaking 10 or 15 easily. Steven Tyler at 99 with Mary J. Blige right on his heels. Come on. <sighs> horseshit. This is all horseshit. Yeah, this is a pretty bad list. This is the most we've cussed on this show. Thanks. Thanks. Rolling Stone, you cocksuckers. Fuck. Yeah, unedited cocksuckers at that. Uh, um, <laughs> the, um... Oh, my God. I have Did a... you see the chart that I posted to you? Yeah, I, I saw the that. The vocal ranges, and Axel was number one by a healthy margin. Yeah. That's just studio no recording. That's not live. That's not live recordings. Elvis actually sings higher when he's live. Yeah. 
Um. Fuck this, I'm done. Deadpool. The stay R-rated under Disney. Awesome. Yeah. Speaking with Entertainment Weekly, Deadpool co-writer Paul Wernick? Wer- yeah. We're just going to say that. Quote, we got several projects with him, being Deadpool. In addition to the Deadpool universe, I think the party line in truth is we're all figuring it out. Marvel has promised to continue to let us play in the R-rated Deadpool universe, and the hope is that we will all... They will also let us veer into the MCU a little bit, as well, and play in that sandbox. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. So... Deadpool staying R. Well, that's to Deadpool's credit, uh, or to their uh, benefit. So, because a lot of the humor is going to fall flat if it goes PG thirteen. And I don't normally get too tore up over the R versus PG thirteen stuff, but certain franchises, it's pretty pretty much has to happen, in my opinion. Like Die Hard when they went PG thirteen, Deadpool, Die Hard, Terminator, Predator, Aliens, Predator. Yeah, that shit has to be rated R. And if not for language, for freaking gory, terrible violence. Well, we know why this can happen because uh, Mr. Fahey. Is that how we're going to pronounce his name? Since I've never heard him actually say his own fucking name. Let's call him Fahey. Fahey? Fahey? Fahey. Fahey. Oh, hell, Fahey. He now oversees all of Marvel. All of Marvel creative personnel is moving under Mr. Fahey as he is the Marvel Studios president. So is he off Star Wars then? I think he still is. Doing Star Wars. Okay. Well, he's got a full plate. Yep. Here's how the reporting schedule will line up under Fahey. Dan Buckley will continue as president of Marvel Entertainment, where that cocksucker Ike Pullmutter remains chairman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Buckley was a creative contributor... Collaborator for Fahi in publishing and television. Buckley will have a dual reporting structure going forward. Deadline here's. Uh, that cocksucker was not a direct quote from Deadline, but I'm sure that's how they feel. Everybody does. He will continue to oversee publishing creative slash editorial. And in that capacity, he now will report to Fahi. Buckley also is responsible for publishing operations, sales, creative Services, games, licensings, and events. There, he will report to cocksucker Pullmutter. Um, it is expected that Joe Quinsada will remain a creative lead for Marvel Entertainment, reporting to Buckley. It is expected that all creative executives in publishing will report to Buckley. And like Scott just asked, as far as I know, he is still doing the Disney 
uh, next Star Wars gimmick, but I don't know when that would be. I mean, it's not like he's writing the damn thing. He's just overseeing the project. Right. All he has to do is plan it out. He's just the riverboat captain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just steers it in the direction it needs to go. All he really does is do the outline. We can do outlines yeah. all day long as long as you get somebody else to write the scripts. He's the one that, that holds the recipe card for all the movies. Yeah. There's only one. <laughs> yeah. They had like three, but now they're down to just one recipe card. Maybe two. I'm sorry, two. Two. Yeah. He has yeah. the overall structure, and he makes sure everything flows. His biggest problem is, is pretty much making sure... Well, it was really money. And that's where Perlmutter was fucking him. And then that's when he was able to leave and go out on his own. Right. And form Marvel Studio Films or wherever the hell it was they, f- they formed. And then he got yeah. the money. Of course, now he's in charge. Now he's over Paul Perlmutter. Where the fuck's name is? So now I cast report to him. That's funny. That's real funny. Hopefully we can just get rid of Ike. So good, yeah. f- good, good for um, Fahi. I mean, he's living the dream. That's exactly where we should be. If we wouldn't have got tied up. That's right. We're running this shit. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do this new story, and then we'll go to this one. Um, Edge of Tomorrow 2 script is done. That's pretty much it. The director says the script is done and was asked if they would shoot it after Tom finishes Mission Impossible. Quote, I'm hoping... If we're going to do it, that would be the time. Yeah, the script is ready. So how did you feel about the first one? Did you like that one? I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was pretty fresh. Live and die repeat. Yeah, all the things that come out in the past twenty years, that's been one of the freshest takes. Uh I was really impressed with it. But strangely enough, I've only watched that movie one time. So I might have to sit down and give that one a rewatch when I get some time because that was that was a great movie. Yeah, I didn't care much for him hooking up with the chick, but then again, yeah, yeah. he that's, probably that's, lived. That's out. one thing; it wasn't fresh. Yeah, uh, that's everything the... else was. I wonder if he hooked up with her in the book since it's Japanese. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check the book out one of these days too. Bill Paxton was pretty good in that in his limited role he had. Though you can almost see them hooking up because he probably relived that life over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good movie. I really hope to make I I hope it gets off the ground and gets going. It's happening, hopefully so. Yeah. Looks good. <laughs> Kinda like they um Latino review said if 
Tom Cruise doesn't kill himself in that Mission Impossible stunt, they can do the movie. <laughs> yeah. Warner Brothers wants Michael Keaton for Batman Beyond. Do it. Sources close to We Got This Covered, the ones who, uh, one, said that CW was developing an Arrow spinoff for Catherine Norma, is that how you say her name? Back in March. Two, Viola Davis was returning to the Suicide Squad. And three, that Tom Willing was going to show up in the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So there's three confirms that they got right. Having formed, uh, we got this covered, that due to the success of the dark tone of the Joker, they want more standalone films in that vein. And the one project they want to see happen at the moment is the Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton in the lead role. Well, we've heard about this for years. And one of the things that we heard was if we cannot get Michael Keaton, hey, let's get Clint Eastwood in the role. I mean, since you're not actually getting right. Batman, you're getting old man Wayne. Clint Eastwood could do it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Or hey, maybe since you're not actually getting Batman, we can actually just go ahead and get um let's go ahead and get the voice of Batman to do it. He's playing him in Yeah, yeah. He's playing him in Crisis on Infinite Earths. He's playing old man Wayne. They're looking for recognition in this one though. Yeah, I mean, if you, gonna, be if you can get Michael Keaton, get him. Yeah, I mean, I would go I, if if they if they make this movie with Keaton or Eastwood or Conroy, I'll, I'll stand in line. I don't stand in line for movies, but I'd stand in line for that one. My thing is, if you don't actually bring in you no know, Paul Denny or Bruce Tim, this thing is doomed from the beginning. No, that's true, too. That is absolutely true. The writers are extremely important. You know the first person they're going to bring in is David Goyer, and he's just going to screw this damn thing up because he's apparently the only one who can write scripts in Hollywood and has anything to do with comic book. Yeah. And he sucks. I, am, I wonder what the plans for an extended a DC uh, extended universe is, though. I mean... Well, obviously it's not a Flash movie because they can't make one. Right. But, I mean, are they going to pick up with Wonder Woman 1984 That's the moving in that one. direction? They're still filming I mean, that, that one, I think. Right, I mean, but are they going to, are they still going to continue with the Justice League that they had? You know. As far as I, I mean, know. I know that they, their plan slowed down, but Aquaman was a hit. I still so, it's not dead in the water yet. Because Aquaman and Wonder Woman were pretty big. I feel so I, I bad for he, Ezra Miller. Gosh, oh yeah, he's he's getting screwed. Um, but if they um, after this the the big box office for the last two movies, you know, Justice League a, a sequel to Justice League following up, or any future films, I mean, surely they if they at least make decent to good films, I think it would build. I think they would already beat 
the first Justice League box office with the next one just based on Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Well, I know first the plan was, well, we need to make our films a little bit lighter in tone. A little bit more ha-ha. Yeah. And then now they're like, well, you know what? Joker made a lot of money because it was dark. Let's do that more. No, it didn't make a lot of movie because it was dark. It made a lot of money because apparently, now I haven't seen the movie. If you look at it as not the Joker, it's supposed to be a pretty good mental health drama. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's making fucking money. And it's got the Joker's um, wallpaper on it. Yeah. Um, and not ghetto, gangster, trashy, meth mouth, stupid Jared Leto Joker. If you make a Batman be Beyond, if you make a Batman Beyond movie with Michael Keaton, it's going to make money just because it's Michael Keaton playing Batman. I mean, well, yeah, he's he's still known. I mean, he's not clearly at his eighties height, but I mean, you know, he's been in some some big movies the last six seven years. Well, um, all you have to do is Spider-Man, say Batman's back, Birdman. Right, but even for like the younger people that may not have even seen the original, he's been around. Yeah. So. Well, everybody uh, in Robocop our generation is going to see it. <laughs> Which he knocked it out of the park in Robocop. Do what? Who in the Robocop 14. He's fucking awesome in that. Too bad not enough people saw that movie. Who, who did what in Robocop? Michael Keaton. Oh, the reboot. The reboot, 2014, yeah. Okay. He was really good in that. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <clears throat> I was like, that was Peter Weller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the shit straight, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely sign me up for this. If Goyer, if Goyer writes it, then... I mean, I'm not like I said. I'm not typically a guy that waits for reviews to form my own opinion, but you know, there's a few names I trust, and uh, I would probably wait if Goyer does it because I don't trust Goyer. No, he sucks. He was yeah, Batman. Not Batman, but Blade Two was awesome. But the guy does not know Batman. No. Let's talk about Let's do this real quick Before we go to games Let's take a break New Japan Pro Wrestling We haven't done this in a while So New Japan Pro Wrestling Is now Launching uh, New Japan of America. They had a press conference today, the 21st. And they formally announced the establishment of a U.S.-based subsidiary named New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. The company will be based in California. And it will begin operations in November. Planned, anyway. Uh, the CEO 
explained it as the third phase of New Japan's expansion into U.S. and other international markets. Phase one. Are you ready for these? Discovering new wrestlers and markets outside Japan and developing talent through the LA Dojo. Well, we've already started that. That's done. Phase two, run events in the U.S., including Madison Square Garden and Dallas this year, both independently and with assistance of other promotions. Well, they have not done Madison Square Garden yet, but that's later this year. Phase three, establish a company within the U.S. and be ingrained in the everyday fabric when it comes to fans' wrestling consciousness. The touring structure for New Japan of America will see events being run in five key areas. The West Coast, six cities across four states. The Midwest, seven cities across six states. Texas, I guess his own brand. Oh, territory, basically. Four cities, southeast six cities across four states. And the east... Four cities across three states. It's nice that basically it's a fucking territory system. That's what this is. With this in mind, the plan will be for the majority of the U.S. fan base, some 70% according to market research, will be able to attend a New Japan event and see New Japan action near them. Of course, for Scott and I, we will not see it. I looked at the map. We're right in between them. Uh, some questions during the press conference. The main idea will be that U.S. events will take place while the Japanese schedule is in between tours. If there's high demand from fans, simultaneous tours will become a possibility. We're currently running and looking at venues in the 2,000-seat range. That may be a lower, depending on circumstances. We are a live event company, and the first priority of a live event company is to run in more venues. Once people are in those venues, then we can fire them up and have them ready to spend the word, spread the word to larger and larger audiences. First, though, it's about growing the number rather than the size of the venues. The long-term plan will absolutely be run big venues on a regular basis. 12 to 13 events run in the calendar year for 2019. I think that we could be in the region of doubling that next year. And as much as human as possible, we will plan for events to be live on in, uh, New Japan World, where we can't arrange for live broadcast, and they will be on demand. So, I think we first heard about this last year or year before last. They were going to be doing New Japan America. Well, if they're lucky, it'll get a foothold. Yeah, they they had mentioned. Up, oh, Scott's. Uh, Scott's Wi-Fi is going out. Uh oh, I'm That's, back. Can you hear me? Yeah, Vince McMahon cutting in there. Hey, pal. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> Taking over. Yeah. Um. You had uh, companies with, backed by billionaires, and that's who they're running against. 
um, like AEW and so now you got like really three AEW, WWE, and New Japan in America. So it was a fun time. It should be interesting. The um, you also what got, is the cost for the New Japan like streaming and all that? It basically runs anywhere between eight to ten dollars a month, mostly eight dollars a month. Just depends on the dollar to yen ratio. Yeah, they put on a pretty good product. It's standard. I, mean, I don't watch a whole lot of pro wrestling, but if I'm if I'm watching it. New Japan's what I'll watch. It's standard nine ninety nine, nine hundred ninety nine yen. So it's whatever the yen to dollar ratio is. The uh, NWA power isn't bad. It's it's the old school NWA that we used to do week after week. It'll never be as good because you have the greatest of all time then, but it's fun. It's free on YouTube. Right. I mean, you're never going to have Flair and Dusty and the Road Warriors again. But, hey, it's fun to watch. I mean, that's what Billy Corgan's trying to set out to recapture. And it, it recaptures that feel. And what New Japan is trying to do is take the exact same product and just have a bunch of guy gens do it. Hopefully it works. So, Southeast, they didn't say, like, what cities it would be. Just it's going to be spread across, like, four states and six cities in the Southeast. So, you can say that's probably going to be Southeast. You're looking at probably Orlando. Most likely. Orlando or... Miami. Damn, I don't know who else would be in the Southeast. You think that would include the Carolinas? Say it would. Like oh, yeah, that would include the Carolinas. Charlotte. Atlanta. Maybe. The Southeast is basically West Virginia down. Well, West Virginia's down on the map. Well, I mean, they're not on the map. I mean, there's not... I'm just being like as a geographical yeah yeah of course the uh, east that's gonna there's only three states four cities three states so that would be like New York I don't think Boston was on there somebody was complaining about Boston so Be nice. I I could do Cincinnati, but I don't think Ohio was on there. It may have been on there. I mean, if New Japan was like two hours from here, it'd be worth the trip. Well, Ohio is probably a good possibility. I mean, there's like, what, 11 million people in that state? It's At one time, it had the most big cities in, in the Union. So... Columbus always gets wrestling shows. 
so I could see them going to Columbus. They always get NXT and they always get WWE pay-per-view, so I could see them going to Columbus. Somehow, Charleston, West Virginia is getting an AEW show. I don't know how that happened, but they are. Now, so we talked about wrestling. Show's getting back on, on track. Scott needs to watch the first episode of NWA Power. Games. The Pocket by Analog. Anybody remembers what the original Game Boy looks like? That's it. It's pretty much what Nintendo would put out right now if that's what the Game Boy would look like. First main feature on the the, uh, menu is the support for a wide range of portable gaming systems. Out of the box, the focus is on the Game Boy line. Full support for Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance. Analog also promises support for Sega Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, Neo Geo Pocket Color, actually. I guess it's backward compatible, right? And Atari Lynx, using cartridge adapters, but they don't say when it's available. Uh, okay, this came from yeah, Eurogamer, so they're a little bit technical. The top half of the unit features a 3.5 inch 615 PPI 1600x1400 LCD screen, high resolution panel, and that is a good choice as it can support variable resolution without introducing even scaling artifacts. Yay, right? The unit also features stereo speakers with a separate 3.5mm headphone jack, a rechargeable lithium-ion battery, micro SD card, Game Boy-style link cable port. I guess that's important if you're doing old-school Game Boys. USB charging port beyond the unit itself. Analog is also promising a dock which will be sold separately. The dock also offered HDMI output, dual USB inputs, support for Bluetooth controller, and even capability with a with analog DAC for those wanting to use the pocket with a CRT television such as Sony PVM. $200 and has a vague 2020 release schedule. So, oh no, there goes Scott again. Uh-oh, beep, beep. Scott, are you there? I'm here. I went out for a few seconds. I don't know what's going on. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. All right, then. Whatever. I don't know what the hell thing's doing. Technical issue. Technical issues. Technical issues. Anyways, that Game Boy looks freaking sweet. It does look freaking sweet. Comes in two colors, black and was it white or gray? I don't remember. Gray. It's beautiful. It it really is a beautiful piece of hardware. It is freaking sweet. Has uh, four face buttons, two uh, side buttons, I think. Yeah. If this plays, um, which I don't see why it wouldn't, 
um, emulated games, yeah, this is definitely a buy. I would buy it, yeah. If for some reason it only plays the legit games, ew. I don't want to track down all those old games. But if you can put in your hat games, hell yeah, this is definitely one. I'm sure it buy. supports. I'm sure you can plug an EverDrive cartridge into it. I'm sure they make one for Game Boy. I mean, I've never looked it up, but yeah, because I I got my ROMs. If I can pop one of mine in there, yeah. Oh yeah, oh. I can play anything I want on my PSP. Well, yeah, I mean, I got one I could I can put in on my um, Game Boy Advance. Which you know, before people cry, I own like pretty much everything, so. Yeah. If I'm if I'm downloading something, I'm I'm probably not stealing it. I probably have a physical copy somewhere. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah, this no, no piss off. Yeah. Look, a lot of these games you're never going the the companies that own them, you're never going to get a digital copy of them. Right. And so that's just the only way you're going to get it. There's never going to be a backup of them. This is the only way you can have to preserve them. Or your rights are gone. It's like you're not going to get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reshelled on PlayStation 4. Yeah, I'll be shocked. I know that's a, a different system, but that's the point we're trying to make here. So... By the way, uh, while we're on the subject, today, maybe been yesterday, but I think it's today, Game Boy Color, 21st birthday. Happy birthday, Game Boy. You know who else's birthday it is? Mm, is it like some alien thing? No. It's Carrie Fisher's. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which I guess that's why they chose today to release the trailer. Oh, I didn't watch the trailer. I'm pretty much done with Star Wars. It's a good trailer, but I don't trust it. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> watch The Mandalorian it. because that's pretty much not really Star Wars. But Yeah, yeah. I, the nostalgia feels watching the new trailer was pretty damn strong. There was like one thing I didn't care about in the trailer. Everything else looked freaking awesome. So, we'll see. What'd they do in the trailer? Well, they basically you know all that the past has to die bullshit yeah yeah well it doesn't they've got every ship from every design from all the previous films um these big huge fleets of classic star destroyers and mon Cal cruisers and corvettes a big scene with Corellian corvette um you know it was a big money shot of it in the trailer uh people riding some alien horse things on a deck of a star destroyer because i guess they're fighting in the atmosphere uh the emperor a vader statue or something uh yeah everything to do with the past <laughs> you know they had to kill in the last movie oh yeah because so. ryan johnson sucks yeah because he's a freaking douche so mm-hmm. anyways um the trailer looked pretty damn good to me overall i was i was pretty impressed but i i i don't know if they got time travel or what going on, but something's up. 
I mean, the Falcons got the original radar dish and everything, so hmm. we'll see. It's, I, I, I mean, it's either it might be a force vision, but it's been a huge feature in the trailers. I can't imagine that it would just be a force vision for them to have all those ships. And like the Star Destroyer had this like weapon hanging out of the hangar bay that was not in the classic trilogies. So maybe it isn't time travel. Maybe it's a hidden fleet, one of the Emperor's master plans, and they were upgrading some of the ships in the meantime. But they had a pretty cool money shot with a Star Destroyer coming up out of ice or the ocean or something. It was pretty wicked. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's got the nostalgia buttons right. You know, all the class. Hmm. I lost Scott. <laughs> I think Scott's Wi-Fi sucks because of his. He's on his old laptop. That's the problem. So, I'm going to make up what Scott's saying right now. <clears throat> what Scott is saying right now is, blah, 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 I hate the new Star Wars. It's all bullcrap. My name is right. Scott Edwards. Exactly. <laughs> My name is Scott Edwards. <laughs> Fuck Star Wars, unless I'm pleasantly surprised this December. But the trailer looks good. All right, moving on. Yeah. Because Paul didn't watch it. We never But they released, have... yeah, I think they George never I think Carrie Fisher gets not Miller too. Yeah, we never said lost George. He never said sold out. No, no. As much as we bitched about some of his decisions, um, there was a there was, was a plan in place with yeah. his movies. What was that meme? He's, was it George sitting there with uh, Jar Jar at the bar, and he's like, "I never said sold to Disney." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Something that did sell was Mortal Kombat on Mortal Monday. Oh, man. So, Scott, when was the first time you heard of Mortal Kombat? I was walking through. I can remember it. Like, people remember where they were at when Kennedy got shot. (laughs) I was walking through um, Gabriel Brothers, which is like a discount clothing store chain in our region. Mm -hmm. And... I was uh, 12, and I look over, and I see uh, what looks like, from a distance, Jean-Claude Van Damme on an arcade machine. I'm like, what the hell? And then I walk over there, and it's Johnny Cage. And then there's blood flying everywhere, and my mom walked out there, and I was like, can I have quarters to play this? And she was like, no, there's blood. And I was like, come on, Mom. She's like, whatever. She gave me the quarters, and I sat out there and got my face melted because I didn't know how to play the game. But, um, yeah, it was a pretty epic moment. One of my top gaming moments. Yeah. Like, the first time I saw it was... either EGM or GamePro. Remember those kids? Yeah. And... They were... It was a small little article. And they were talking about how this awesome badass arcade is out there. And it's the most graphic thing you've ever seen. I was like, oh, man. And they were talking about how it's coming to platforms next year. It's like, oh, shit. (laughs) And I would just look at that thing. Every time I looked at that magazine, I would just go back to that. I was like, this thing's so fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, those digitized graphics were just unbelievable at the time. Oh, yeah. 
That's when you knew that your oh, Nintendo and Genesis were shit because the arcades were still so awesome. Oh, yeah. They still blew those systems away. Unless you had Neo Geo. Unless you had the same thing at home. Because we're broke. Yeah, it was like another... Yeah, unless you had one of those. It was another six or seven years before there was an affordable... It was Dreamcast. Dreamcast, yeah. And even then, then, I mean, it was a pretty good arcade machine, but there were certain types of arcade games that wouldn't run as well. But fighting games, racing games, it was top-notch. Yeah. Yes, too. But yeah, it wasn't until I think Mortal Kombat two actually played Mortal Kombat in the arcade system. Well, Sega Saturn had pretty good ports of the fighting games. So, but for say, but with the Dreamcast run. A brand new game that just came out in 1999, as well as the arcade machine. Probably not quite as good. But it'd be up there. I mean, it had, like, King of Fighters 98 on it. So. But anyways, not to get onto the... We're just talking about arcade hardware. Not to get on a Dreamcast tangent. But, yeah, that was... The the first time I saw Mortal Kombat was in in a department store for clothes. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah. If you walk up to a combat arcade cabinet now, it still pops. I mean, yeah, yeah, the graphics are dated, but it still has that just appeal. Yeah, it's very visually appealing. And then around 1993, maybe summer of 93 is when the ad campaign started, I think. That was the, one of the greatest ad campaigns ever for commercials, TVs, for game, period. Right. You just had that guy walking out in the street and started screaming Mortal Kombat. And then everybody runs. It's, it's freaking... It's in the shield on your spine when you're 13 years old, 12 years old. Yeah, you just hear that guy screaming, Mortal Kombat! Yeah. Yeah, everybody in school was ready for that shit. That's the only thing people could talk about was Mortal Kombat. Mortal Monday. And of course, there was the controversy. Well, what the fuck? Super Nintendo's doesn't have blood in it. That's why Genesis is better. And at that time, we were already in war. Sega? Or Nintendo? Well, Nintendo's for... Nintendo is for... Nintendo is for babies. Genesis, well... You're in the next level. You've graduated. And so, Tom Kalinske, the year before, a little bit earlier, had gone to see, he was the first one to go and see what they were working on. And that's when he saw Mortal Kombat. And a claim was there. And as soon as he saw it, he wanted exclusive rights to Mortal Kombat. And Acclaim said, no. We're going to do a simultaneous launch on both consoles. And he decided, all right, let's do it. Let's see who is the better console. First time ever. Mono e mono. Let's see what happens. Because there's no fucking way they're going to get by with blood. 
not sweet ass little Nintendo, and they didn't do oh, it. No, they didn't. They did not. I, do it. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I do remember reading about the the difference in sales between the Genesis version and the Super Nintendo version. The NPDs came out and Sega won by a landslide. I don't remember what it said, but it, it did talk about it in the Console Wars book. It was like 5 to 1 or 7 to 1 or something. It was crazy. And it was not until the they went to court the Supreme Council on uh, the um, the hearings and they initiated the ESRB ratings that is when Nintendo found their way out and when Mortal Kombat 2 was coming out Nintendo said ha 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 we have our way out parents can choose and gamers can choose what they would like to play and so now they can put blood in their games but before then they censored I still can't believe Mortal Kombat 2 on Super Nintendo came out with all that gore intact because they found a loophole yeah but just looking back it's still tough they found that loophole. And and Howard... I am not God's name. But they, they were against... Nestor, wasn't it? Howard Nestor? No, it was... Phillips. No. Smith. He's been with Nintendo for like freaking forever. Talk about playing Mortal Kombat the first time. Yeah, let's talk about playing Mortal Kombat. When you bought it. Let me look up his name. What, Super Nintendo? Yes. When you you bought it. When did you buy it? Did you buy it Mortal Monday? No, I was a broke-ass kid. My mom wouldn't let me have it. But my best friend at the time, uh, his mom bought it for him on the release day. So I was at his house for like the next week uh, because you couldn't rent it because it was always out. Uh, but you get you've played. I've played the arcade a few times, uh, you know, because the the closest machine was like forty five minutes away, and so we go to Daniel's house and and or he brings it down to my house was what usually happened, and uh, we played Mortal Kombat and it was jarring. When you punch somebody, that it looked like sweat was flying off from them. Cool effect any other day, but not in a Mortal Kombat game. It was very disappointing. Um, as far as the fatalities went, they changed a couple. But, I mean, other than they missed the heart rip and they missed the, um, the decapitation with Sub-Zero. That was the big disappointment. Not that the replacements were bad. Oh, they also took off Johnny Cage's uppercut decapitation and Raiden's um, head explosion that he did with the electric bolt. But I'll say that I actually liked Raiden's fatality better on the Super Nintendo version because you already had enough heads flying off um, where they turned to ashes. That was pretty cool. 
So Howard Lincoln was the guy I was thinking about. I forget the Lincoln, yeah. Yeah. That was my next guess, man. Yeah, that was he, my next guess. He was against the ESRB, but he finally came around. But we played Mortal Kombat. Daniel spent the night a couple different times, and we played that freaking game until we had to turn it off because our heads hurt so bad from staring at that screen for like 16 straight hours. And we sat down and made sure we beat it with every character. And then when our heads started hurting, we slept a little bit, got up, still had headaches. And my dad had these big, like, blue print draft paper things that he got from work. They, they were going to throw out. They told him he could have them. And we would set and draw Mortal Kombat characters all over those. And those things were, like, five feet tall. It was freaking awesome. Mortal Kombat was just the shit. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, Goro was a cheap bastard. Yeah, fuck Goro, because he's a quarter muncher. Yeah. Him and Kentaro can kiss my ass. I will say that the... Super Nintendo version, as far as graphics and looks and sound, Super Nintendo was the superior version, but... Man... It once, didn't have the blood. Once, once you cut out the blood, you lose everything that made the game. That's what the game was. You lost the yeah. essence of Mortal Kombat. So it, this became a, a shit port, in essence. Even though it had, you know, superior control, more frames of animation, better color palette. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, I mean everything if, was if, better. If, except if you go down the list. Blood. What, you, you took out the heart and soul. You fucking canoed the game. Yeah, you canoed the Super Nintendo version. And then once you played Mortal Kombat 2, you realize, oh my god, this is what it could be. Yeah. I mean, even the Easter eggs in the game, you could see on Mortal Kombat on Super Nintendo, because on the second, was the second, yeah, the second stage, you could actually see fucking Pac-Man. Pac-Man yeah. is, is on edged on the right side of the screen, over top of the um, the arch, little archway. Archways, yeah. You can't see that <laughs> on the shitty ass graphics on the Genesis. Yeah, I forgot about the stages being a hair bigger. Yeah, there's a lot of shortcuts that take on the Genesis version, but I mean the core gameplay of the Genesis version's still pretty good. It's just those few frames of animation. Definitely gives it a little bit of a janky feel compared to the Super Nintendo version. I don't think it's until the... I think the Superior version ended up being the... Was the 32X ended up being the best version of the game? Uh, was MK1 on 32X or was that MK2? Mm, I think 1. Sega CD... Well, I, have a, I know I have Part 2 for 32X, but the Sega CD had a really gorgeous version. The only problem with it was sometimes sound effects would have to load off the CD, and you would get a like a a, a pause. Okay, yeah, uh, it's thirty two X. It's more to come back uh, too, so it would be a Sega CD. Did, what about three DO? And I don't believe there was one. As far as I know, there was one on three DO. I could have swore there was another system that had that. That was Way of the Warrior thinking of. Oh, yeah, that game sucked. 
Yeah. Um, they, they they did have yeah, that I mean, uh, they, demolition man on there. They ported Mortal Kombat to everything, though, pretty much. Game I mean, Bear, it was on. Yeah. Wasn't it even on the Master System? Yes, it was on the Master System. Yeah. yeah. I've never played the Master System version. I need to, that's one I do need to pick up one of these days. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I used to play the shit out of Mortal Kombat on Mortal Kombat Two on Game Boy of mm-hmm. all things. Um, but yeah, Mortal Kombat One, the Sega CD version is pretty good, but that that loading can be a bitch sometimes when the stage music changes and stuff. Yeah, the loading is what kills that version. Yeah. I wish you could do installs. Yeah, no doubt. But everything else was just fantastic on that. Yeah. So, I guess we're in agreement that the Sega CD version, if well, installs, if you had installs, it would be the superior version. So, I guess the superior version is the Genesis version, even though the graphics suck. That's right. Let's say it, Scott. No, I can't <laughs> yes. agree. You have to agree. <laughs> if you don't have heart and soul, what do you have? <sighs> that laundry list of good shit. <laughs> <laughs> but being that me or Daniel didn't really have a Genesis when that first came out, um, yeah. Super the version is what we played the shit out of. Now, my one of my other good friends, he had a Genesis, uh, the Preacher's Son, and they bought him Mortal Kombat. Uh-huh. And uh, I went down there, and um, he put the blood code in, and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The blood. Oh, my God. There it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I had both systems, and I went Genesis because of the blood. Yep. I can see why. I mean, absolutely. And then the Genesis I'll... version doesn't play bad. Yeah. And then I went ahead and later on I bought the Super Nintendo version too because it's superior graphics. Yep. I mean, I, I played the Genesis version more. And when you had. Now people... play the Sega CD version or the arcade version, then sit down and play the Super Nintendo version. And you're like, holy shit, these graphics are a huge step down. I mean, when people came over to play, what version did I play? Genesis version. Well, yeah, you had to get your street cred. Well, well that and everybody wanted to play the blood. That's right. They asked. Yeah. So, Genesis, superior version, once again. Sega does what the 10 don't. Now, on to the main topic is finished. We are doing 1993 Game of the Year. Let's go through this list that I cut down from 40 or so. Actraiser 2, Aladdin for Sega, Aladdin, Capcom, the shitty NES version, that's NES, Batman Returns, Sega CD version, Battletoads and Double Dragon, <laughs> just for the fuck of it, Bikini Girls from TurboGrafx CD, fuck yeah, Cliffhanger, cool Which spot. system? What, Cliffhanger? Yeah! Uh, uh so Super Nintendo. Call it, Gen- Call it Sega CD. Let's give Sega CD some love. Sega CD. I never played Sega CD version. Uh, I own it and I still haven't played it. Nobody's ever beat that fucking game. Cool spot. Man, fuck that. It's bullshit. <laughs> DuckTales 2. Final Fight 2. Flashback. Gunstar Heroes. Joe Montana's NFL Football Sega CD. Jurassic Park. 
Super Nintendo, Jurassic Park, Genesis, Kirby's Adventure, NES. Huh? So that that comparison's not even close. Jurassic Park. Eh, you can shoot the dinosaurs in one, and the other one you can't. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mutant League Football. Road Avenger. Robocop versus the Terminator. Genesis Eve. Even Scott has to agree. The Genesis version is superior. Sonic CD. Splatterhouse 3. Star Fox. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. Street Fighter 2's championship, Special Championship Edition. Streets of Rage 2. Super The Empire Strikes Back. WWF Royal Rumble for the Super Nintendo. The Genesis version is shit. Zombies ate my neighbors. And the special attraction, Doom, came out on 3.5 floppy this year. Are we counting PC? No, I just want to put that in there. All right, so the number one is still up for grabs then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Okay, good. Scott, call it. Tails. Hey, hey, Siri, flip a coin. Heads. Oh, man. Oh, streak is over. Streak is over. All right, well, Mortal Kombat. Nintendo, you're gone. Burn it. Burn it. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Mortal Kombat Genesis, it's gone. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's gone. Uh, it's not going to win game of the year. I know it's not going to win game of the year. Uh, I would say... Fucking cliffhanger. This is going to be a Genesis-heavy episode. Yeah. Just at 93 on lockdown. Next two years they got it on lockdown. Where the fuck is Cliffhanger? Where are you? What number is Cliffhanger? Where the uh, fuck are you? Seven. Seven. That's definitely not Yeah, I tried that on a couple different systems. It's bullshit. Um, I never had any love for these games. I'll just put it in there because I know people are popular with this. Zombies ate my neighbors. You're gone. That's a good fucking game. <clears throat> Saying. All right. Especially the Super Nintendo version. Because that was on Genesis also. Yeah. Just a little cleaner looking. Um. Wow. A really damn cool spot. Mm, wow. Really cool spot. Man. Good game. That's a good great game. game. But damn, this list is legit, man. Oh, I just saw one that I would have cut. I would have gone with the Super Nintendo version for Cool Spot. That game looked beautiful on Super Nintendo. Um, you know what? Flashback. I never could get into that game. Oh, that's one of my faves on the list. Yeah, I played the shit out of Flashback on Super Nintendo. Um, I didn't know it came out on Genesis, too. Did you know that? What? I ran across it one time. The Flashback was on Genesis. Yeah. Like every almost every game on this list was also on Genesis. Just saying. Sega CD is the one I played it on. Well, uh, shit, I just learned something new. I didn't know it was on Sega CD. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the Aladdin version on Genesis is better. I can't remember what the differences were though, but I've beat both. The uh, but I can't... there is a slight difference, <clears throat> but the uh, the graphics are superior on Sega. 
Um, Super Nintendo, Aladdin. Bye. Bye. As far as I know, this the um, still coming out the remaster. Yeah, October yeah, 29th. Is that it? I might play it in four or five years. Um. Street Fighter 2 Special Championship Edition. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, that's the Genesis version. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Man, this is a hard list at this point. Mm, yep. I mean, I see one, two. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Bikini Girls. No, man. I'm just going to make it. I just wanted to keep that one in there just for shits and giggles. All right, Bellator is a double dragon. You two damn hard. There you go. NES or Super Nintendo or both? I think, <laughs> it was I think that was Super Nintendo and Genesis version. That was a good game. That was a good fucking game. Um, but, yeah, they're hard as shit. All right. Um, Joe Montana football, Sega CD. Yeah, it's just Madden. Um. Oh boy, Splatterhouse Three. Not on this list. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Okay, it's getting hard now. Uh, Ducktales Two. Shit, Scott. That's the only one I hadn't played on this list. I was going to take the coward's way out. Yeah, well, it's not a uh, it's it's a good game, but it does not stand up to the first one. All right, well, Act Razor two. Another one. It's good, but it doesn't stand up to the first one. Uh, Road Avenger Sega CD. Oh man, it's all right. Okay, well, oh shit. I think we should, I think we should read this off. Where we're at. Okay, uh, WWF. Get rid of that one. Yeah, that was the Rumble. Royal Rumble for Super Nintendo was the first good Super Nintendo wrestling game. Okay. <clears throat> we are at Aladdin. Batman Returns. Final Fight 2. Gunstar Heroes. Jurassic Park. Super Nintendo. Jurassic Park. Genesis. Kirby's Adventure. Which is, I think, the last really good Super Nintendo game. I mean, Nintendo game, right? Mortal Kombat. You're getting long tooth, yeah. Mutant League Football. Robocovers. Terminator. Sonic CD. Star Fox. Street Fighter 2. Turbo. Streets Rage 2. And Super. The Empire Strikes Back. Whose turn is it? Mine. Yours. Um, um, I'm going to go with... Uh, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park for Super Nintendo. It's not a bad game. And Paul's right. You can use rocket launchers on dinosaurs. Yeah. But... Yeah, the reason why that happened was when they were getting the license, Spielberg told uh, Sega, I don't want you to shoot the dinosaurs. And Sega was like, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, he, he didn't he didn't tell the, the devs on over at Whoever was doing the Nintendo version, they didn't tell us that. So I was like, fuck! What are we going to do? 
So you're blasting away to dinosaurs over on Super Nintendo and the devs gonna come up with other bullshit. That's why it's different. I don't there's some other mechanic that's different on Genesis. I don't remember what it is. It's been well, fifteen the, the, years. The Super Nintendo version is a top down game. It's like a side scroller. Right? Side scroller. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a slightly, it's a poorly controlled side scroller. I, I didn't care for the controls in Jurassic Park. I think they went the right route this time and went ahead and made like a um, roller coaster tycoon type game. Yeah, evolution or something. Yeah. Well, uh, Final Fight Two. Well, yeah, mm, yeah. Hmm. Mmm. Batman Returns, Sega CD. Oh, man, that was my next one. <laughs> right now you have 12 games that are an 8 or better. Mm. Easily. Oh. Oh, boy. Oh, man. You got a couple nines and tens on there, too. Jurassic Park. <laughs> Even though we just talked about it. Oh, dick. <sighs> well? Oh, my gosh. That's That's tough. It's tough. It, it comes down to two. I don't know what two you're looking at. Probably the same two I'm looking at. Uh, cut Super Empire Strikes Back. Nah. Well, then that means... That's a, that's a pretty good fucking game, too. Okay. Well, Aladdin, Gunstar Heroes, Kirby's Adventure, Mortal Kombat, Mutant League Football, Robocovers, Terminator, Sonic CD, Star Fox, Street Fighter 2 Turbo... Street Rage 2 and Street Rage 2 is gone. Man, I'm still hurting over taking Star Wars off. I probably out of the games left on that between that and Street Fighter and Star Fox and Mortal Kombat, those four had a lot of similar game time. Um, it's good, it's great, it's funny. Mutant League Football. Hmm. All right. I'm more of a people like hockey guy. <sighs> oh man! Shit! I know my next pick. I know my next pick. See it, motherfucker! You get rid of Kirby. This <laughs> beats like a time you try to kill Kirby. Um. Oh God! I hope Dan doesn't hate me for this. Street Fighter Two Turbo. It is just an upgrade of a previous game. That's why I'm so doing it. Justify that with the only, the only thing, thing you can justify that with. You just added four characters for sixty fucking dollars and a lot of speed. It's a whole that, lot of speed. Not as much as Genesis. 
Um, and next year it gets even worse with Super Street Fighter 2 hyper fighting and championship edition. Fatality. Mortal Kombat. Oh. Hmm. You got a lot. Gunstar Heroes, Kirby's Adventure, Mortal Kombat for Sega, Robocop vs. Terminator for Sega, Sonic CD, Star Fox. That's Mortal Kombat. Really? Yep. Mortal Kombat? Yep. I got my next pick, too. Mortal Kombat? <laughs> if you don't get it first, I got the next one. Oh, wow. That was a dick move. <laughs> Robocop versus the Terminator. Oh, my God. Well, never mind. I don't have to cut Aladdin. I was taking Aladdin out. What? You're taking Aladdin? I was Aladdin? taking Aladdin. What are you? Robocop's a better game. <laughs> Robocop? How the fuck is Robocop a better game than Aladdin? That is a fucking hidden gem if there ever was one. Robocop versus Terminator for Sega. Holy shit, that game is good. It, it is good, but... It's not, it's not better than Aladdin. Whatever. Nah, you're wrong again. It's one thing that we can say from all these years. Scott's fucking wrong on his choices. This is this is the Genesis day, buddy. They were kind of hard it, on this. How is it fucking Genesis day? You got curbing Star Fox on here. Yep, three out of your top five are Genesis or Sega CD. Genesis Plus. And you just had to take another Genesis game off the list. <laughs> the last two eliminated were Genesis. So. Well, the entire five sh- first five shows were all fucking Nintendo. But you had a fucking That's Monopoly. Right. If I had to say my number one Kirby? Okay. My vote. My vote is Sonic CD. Mm. <sighs> I've got my order figured out in my head. It starts with song. Kirby's four. Kirby's number four. <laughs> Kirby's four? Kirby's four on my list. So, what is it? Sonic, Aladdin, Gunstar... Star Fox? Me, for me, it would be Sonic, Gunstar, Star Fox, Kirby, Aladdin. That Aladdin's number five? What the shit? Fuck yeah. No love for Aladdin. All you, absolute love. You just you just hate good games. It's just, there's just, a, there, we were down to ten all-time greats. And, and at 12, like I said, we were at 8 or better, or 13 or 14 even, we were at 8 or better for everything that was left. It's just a tough year. <laughs> Damn, what is I mean, you got a bunch of 9s right there. 9, nine to 9.9. Uh, this is going to be But my nice. number one song. My, my, my number uh, one song. Your number one may not be. Sonic. Uh, Star Fox is a rail shooter. So I can... I don't have a problem putting that like number five. Yeah. 
That would work. I could live with that. Uh, what'd you say to Gunstar? Oh, yeah. That one was in my mind, like, hardcore. Like, that, it, bet- it was between Sonic City and Gunstar when I was sitting here thinking. That's a good list. Sonic, Gunstar, Kirby, Aladdin, Star Fox. Man, I was going to piss some people off. Yep. Especially since you put Gunstar Hero number two. It's a good fucking game, man. Man, it's a great game, but... I think most people would put that number five. Most people would move Gunstar down to five and everything else up. But I I ain't going to deal with that shit. I'm happy having Sonic the Hedgehog number one. Sega laying the smackdown. Alright, so there's your list. Sonic the Hedgehog. Once again, the greatest. The best. Mario. A bitch. Sega's bitch. For the 1993. Not only did they have the best game that year, they had the superior Mortal Kombat. Scott, any final words before your Wi-Fi cuts out? Because I'm getting ready to hit it. Um, Axel signals. Rose is the greatest. Axel Rose is the greatest. Rolling Stone sucks. Yes. 1993, Axel Rose was kicking ass on tour of Use Your Illusion when he decided to go on stage and not cause a fucking riot. Fuck you, St. Louis. <laughs> That's right. I think 93 was the year they did Rio. It was like their biggest show. I think. But we know why the people that wrote the Axel bullshit article are just mad because they're dad. <laughs> <laughs> just more pussy than them or the guy from Circus Magazine. <laughs> Nick Wall, Crank, Bob Gucci, Jr. Spin. That's right. Alright, well, it's time for us to shut this thing down and go to bed. It's we're old. Later, people.